This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Working Class Bowhunter podcast starts in 3, 2, 1. I think I left about 4 No one honestly really cares. Steve's calling me while I'm holding <laughs> getting ready for this deer to stand up. So. Glad you took this deer out. He doesn't even drive American. <laughs> See, that deer's what's exactly what's wrong with this country, right? He doesn't even support local American-made deer-compatible vehicles. <laughs> that one that one arrow cost me $33,000. Just aiming too long and just moved a little bit and it's like oh no it fired you know crap i knew as soon as it left it was just a little high but he came right out in the field made a scrape right in the cornfield started grunting walked 30 yards made another scrape you're listening to the working class bow hunter that's right this is the podcast for billy joe lunch bucket the working man just like me and you my name's travis t-bone turner from the bone collector thank you for tuning in Oh, it's time once again, ladies and gentlemen, for another episode of the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast right here at 1600 Buckslayer Place, right here in the climate-controlled Buckatorium, lovely, beautiful, happening metropolis, Sherrard, Illinois, zip code I keep forgetting, but I'll remember. What's going on? What's going on? Kurt here as always. Eric is working, actually. Wow. He said, uh, I'd love to come for that episode, but I have to work. He's like, I think I'm going to quit. And I'm like, do it. He's like, I can't. Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> so you know his heart isn't in this. He'd rather work for a living than do a podcast for I mean, no geez, money. So, I mean, But it is the like, Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. So. We're the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast, and we've always got our eyes on the prize here. And if you want to keep your eyes on the prize a little bit better this season, I suggest a single pin. And if you're going to get a single pin, you're going to get an HHA optimizer. This podcast is... Brought to you by HHASports.com. Dude, the optimizer is the best site that you're like on on the market. Everything well, you're gonna it, get. It doubles all, as a hunting site and a target site. Yeah. So you people that are like really wanting precision accuracy in archery, it is the perfect site. 
Um, it's on a dial, and actually they have the wheels, the the tape wheels. I guess I'm, I'm forgetting the actual term for it. You can actually remove it with like a set screw. So if you have an arrow or broadheads that are different weights that shoot different, you can sight in a different sight tape per wheel that you have, and you can get as many as you want yeah. and just switch that out. So, you know, if you're the guy who does use the same bow, like say you're using a 35-axle-to-axle bow or a, a 34, and you hunt and do target archery with the same bow, you can have two different wheels for two different arrows or however you want to set it up. It's uh, pretty incredible. And the wheels are not expensive. I think they're $10. Something so, like that, yeah. So for you guys out there that say, oh, you know, I, li- I like to I like to shoot 3D and I like to hunt, you know, but I also want to do paper. Dude, one, everything I just said, Steve just said it again. So, yeah, pretty much what I just said. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just, it's, it's, yeah. it's such a great thing because you can go to HHA.com and order as many wheels as you want. Yep, So or and check out workingclassbowhunter.com. Um, you can access all our uh, supporters of the show there and basically find more information about us and what we're doing um, yeah. uh, on social media on workingclassbowhunter.com as well. And that and that's how we keep uh, keep our eyes on the prize now. How we keep going with the fuel and the, the calories that we burn, you know, you're going to need some meat. And when you shoot a deer, what you're going to do, if you're in western Illinois, eastern Iowa, you're going to shoot that deer, all right? You're going to go to Illinois. You're going to drive down Highway 67, right? You're going to get to Viola. You're going to go down a couple hollers. You're going to turn left at the Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing right. sign. You're going to go down a couple more hollers, and you're going to come a, come upon a building that is glorious, and it's even longer than it was the year oh before God. because he's added on to it, and that's Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing, the finest deer processing uh I was in there the I other day. Studio. I was in there. I was in that area hanging stands with uh, my dad. Oh, it's been about a month now, and we were in that area. I went and stopped in at Smith's, and he's got a new cooler in there and that new add-on addition. And you could park a full-size pickup truck inside this thing. It is insane. So he's ready for shotgun season. He's ready for that November rut during bow season. Um, but yeah, it's just the cleanest deer processor ever that I've ever stepped foot in. Um, I actually have a bunch of Smiths product thawing out in the fridge right now for a barbecue this weekend well there you go so. Ma- made right there in viola that backstrap you got thrown out right oh yeah oh well, yeah. yeah that might have made been made in rock island county rock island <laughs> county mercer county it's all if it's backstrap or venison it's all it's all good no matter where it's made all right go ahead and uh so yeah each and every week man you know for um we, we like to do a shout out for the veterans and uh this week you know um we do this from time to time we do want you guys to go check out the dark horse lodge um what it is, it's a, it's a nice retreat for a bunch of combat veterans, um, and you can they'll be able to hunt, fish, you know, relax, share some stories. Um, they can really use your help getting uh, getting everything off the ground. Uh, if you want to email them, mail at darkhorselodge.com. Their website is darkhorselodge.org. They're on Facebook. They can take donations. If you want, you're going to buy stuff on Amazon anyway. If you go to smile.amazon.com, just click it in. Everything is going to work normal. What you're going to do is you're going to uh, buy whatever you buy on there, and a portion of that you can go ahead and select Dark Horse Lodge, and a portion of whatever you buy is going to go to those guys. So um, that's what uh, that's what we're really really stoked about. You know, we want to give these combat veterans just a little bit more. You know, they uh, a lot of guys write that blank check and. Um, you know, we appreciate them for that. This podcast brought to you in English and not Russian by veterans. So um, thank you for that. 
What we are going to do now is um, in the studio with us, we've got a state senator with us, Senator Neil Anderson. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, boys. Oh, man, you're a little too excited to be on this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am. That's what we want, though. We want we want people that talk with confidence. Well, I'm a politician of free media, free media. It's good. <laughs> there <it is. laughs> That's right. <laughs> so we talk about doing stuff for vets and we hope that everybody um does it but the least we can do is do a shout out on every episode and that's probably nothing yeah in real the real world but we figured we should show appreciation for it and it gets people thinking about it you Mm -hmm. know but we have somebody who actually did something for combat veterans neil talk about what you did and then talk about who you are Sure. Well, uh, thanks again for having me. And uh, yeah, actually, you know, I've been in the in, in the Illinois Senate. This is my second year. And uh, last year, my first bill um, that I had passed and signed into law um, was a bill specifically geared towards combat veterans coming home. And um, it was a bill that allows them to get their first year's license plate um, fees paid for. Um, and it, it isn't much. But uh, when when these guys are coming back, the last thing they need to worry about when they're looking for a job and, and getting back into civilian life is having to go down to the DMV, stand in the line that we all hate, and mm-hmm. pay 105 bucks to register their vehicle again. Um, so we, we took that off the table. We said, thanks for your service, guys. Here's the least we can do. And I was happy to get that bill done. See, that is awesome, yeah. man. That is very cool. Now, is that uh, – this is a this is kind of oddball question. Is that for – if they do one tour duty and then come back, is that just a one-time thing? Or if they keep going overseas and then coming back? No, it's a, it's a one-time okay. thing. Yeah, it's a one-time thing. It's still a little bit goes a long way, and, sure. like, that's awesome. Yeah. You know. Yep. Yeah, it's just like, well, i got to go to the DMV now. I just yeah, got I know. back. You know, it's like. And everybody hates the DMV. We right. all know that. No, yeah. that's awesome. I really yeah. do. That That's yeah. really cool. And it's probably very appreciated, especially if you go through that experience overseas, whatever you went through. Last thing you want to do is be at the DMV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're paying money, too. It, you mm-hmm. know, so that's, no, that's really cool. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that's kind of the reason that I, 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 I got into running for office is I never had the opportunity. Um, well, I, I, I shouldn't say it that way. I, I, I went from high school straight to college. I, mm-hmm. I, I played football all the way through college. Um, and uh, my, my family, a lot of people in my family served in the military. And actually, um, it was about Six years ago now, I, I was actually, me and my wife and my son were driving home from church, and I told my wife, I said, I, I got to do something. I, I, I have to serve. And I actually went and talked to a recruiter and had paperwork filled out, and mm-hmm. I came home and I said, honey, this is what I got to do. And she said, if you think that's what you got to do, then I support you. But she said, why don't you think about serving here? Why don't you think about uh, seeking elected office? Right. And so that's uh, how I want to to give back and serve uh, my country, my community, is by serving in public office because, as we all know, we, we have a lot of crooked ones. Right. And, in uh, Illinois? No. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that that's uh, that's kind of uh, how I got into it. And yeah. it's that reason why I was able to get into this. As a, as a fireman and paramedic, I work for the city of Moline. I've been there for 10 years. Right. Um, that's you know I'm a guy that 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 puts fires out and for a which guy, is a big deal I mean that's a job yeah. I honestly wouldn't want to do but I definitely respect you for that job that you do do with that so sure it's, well no and that's appreciated but for a guy that 
um, is is a fireman, mm-hmm. and before that poured concrete. For him to be able to run and get elected for public office, it is the veterans that gave me that opportunity, and I will do everything I can uh, right. to uh, to serve them. And that's just uh, that first bill was just a, a stepping stone to what we need to do for our veterans in the for future. Sure. Yeah, Ooh, that's so awesome. For all you keyboard warriors out there, oh, I wish there was something more I could do. Well, you're listening to what you can do. Um, you know, it's it, it's very cool, and um, you know, I, I remember because you you lived behind my parents. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's how, it, like, I always knew you. And then when you were running for a political office, you know, you came in in, in Illinois, which is a very heavy, um, you know, Democrat area. You were like, I'm running as a Republican. And I, I always had faith in you. Like, don't get me wrong. I, <laughs> sure I, 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 I knew there was no way you were ever going to run or win. <laughs> I absolutely knew that. But I'll tell you what, man, I, I had faith in you. And when you won, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Like yeah. I was sitting in, I was sitting in my house watching. I was like, "There's no way." So I was super excited for you, and um, you know, this is tying into how we got you on here. Um, I remember I, I was out there working with my well, my dad was working. I was watching him, and he came over, and we, we were talking, and you were like, "Hey, you're a bow hunter." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And you go, uh, "Hey, I tell you what, man, I just uh, introduced a bill um, that'll allow you know you to be able to shoot coyotes with a crossbow." And I was like, okay, cool, man. Yeah, so I, I looked into it, and, um, you know, we got to talking more and more, and I was like, this is actually a politician who's standing up for hunters. You know, and um, that's kind of what got the ball rolling. We're glad we got you here. Um, Which so I think, though, too, when you bring that up, a politician that stands behind hunters, we're such a tight-knit family that, yeah. you know, if we think you – know, that's the thing, like, I, and I hate to even bring this up so early, Trump's kids hunt – and Trump yeah. was at the outdoor show re- awards. Yeah. I don't know about Trump, whatever, but all those people saw that he was there supporting it. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a family that will push behind you when you support them. It, sure. Hunters are, will come together and just make stuff happen. Yeah. So I think, you know, definitely if you're a hunter and if you support hunters, you know, you got the whole yeah. family behind you on stuff, you know? No, for sure. And I, I've said, uh, you know, since the very beginning when I initially started running for office, um, yeah, yes, I, I'm a Republican, I'm a conservative, but so is the district I represent. Even though it's known as being very Democratic, right? it's it's really not. I mean, they have the same values as, as, as I do. They just call themselves something different. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of it has to do with uh, with the unions. Um, I'm a union firefighter and right. that is, uh, I think that's one thing that the Republicans, um, uh, a lot have, have alienated themselves. Right. Right. Uh, they've, they've said, uh, uh, you know, unions are evil and, and they're not, uh, you know, I am a, a very, very, um, pro union Republican. Right. But at the, at the heart of the district, um, uh, folks generally are pro-life, uh, they're, they're pro-gun. Right. And uh, they're pro union, and and that's that's what I represent, and that's and that's what I am. Right. Um, I've always said that I am willing to compromise and talk with anyone. The only two things I won't compromise on: I'm a pro life guy. That's not that's a principle I won't 
compromise on. Right. And you won't ever mess with my guns or the citizens of the United States guns. I'm a staunch Second Amendment guy. Right. And I will not compromise on that. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else, let's sit down and talk. Right. You know, we can get these things done. We're, which, we're not much. Well, yeah, you're, you're pro-life, res- except when it comes to, like, mature deer, right? <laughs> that's a, that's yeah. a little different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, no, that's a good stance to have. And it's funny, you know, we are the working class bow hunter, and when you brought up the unions, I... You know, I we were talking before the podcast, and I don't know what I am. I guess you could say I'm more of a Republican than anything, but libertarian is what yeah, you guys call me. Yeah, you're leaning towards the libertarian, I, and that's mm-hmm. probably true. I, you know, I don't care what anyone does. You do your thing, I'll do my thing, and I, I don't know. Well, I'm in. I agree more with Republicans. I'm on more on that side, but I'm. You know, unions are Democrat uh, for the most part, right? I don't know if that if I could say that generally, but the unions I've been in in, in the area. But I've always been pro-union. Yeah. No, and that's the problem with political parties is we generalize everything. We say, oh, he's a Republican, then he's against this, this, and this. Right. Or he's a Democrat, and he's against this, this, and this. That's not the way it works. Right, right. And there's too many politicians out there that are – that are so concerned with getting reelected and they know that they have to get that money during reelection from the party. Right. So right. they will follow lockstep and do everything they're told like a good little puppy dog right. to make sure they get the money from the party to get reelected. And I'm, I am so proud and I, sh- I, I, I shouldn't boast. Uh, but I have one of the most independent voting records in the Illinois Senate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, 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 uh, I, I judge my success based on who in the establishment I piss off, right. and I pissed off both sides. <laughs> nice. Uh, right, so, right. so I think I'm doing okay. See, that's a good thing, uh, yeah. though. I think when working class bow hunters and whoever see that this guy's making these people mad and these yeah. people mad, there's something to that. And it's – it's I don't know. It's cool to see that because it's showing you're doing something the way it probably should be done, and you can't – like segment it to this side or the other side yeah yeah the the other you know the other issue is and I, I i'm sure um steve knows this but you know that was one of the things that i i didn't want holding me down or tempting me rather was look at the benefits that politicians especially in the state of illinois get i right. mean I, I that's and i refuse the legislator pension i refuse the legislator health care which is better than you can get anywhere else in the state mm-hmm. because it's wrong these guys get these things, and they want to hold on to it, and they will say, do anything right. to hold on to it. Right, right. to your face, they'll lie to you, turn around and do something else. Wow. And it's got to stop. Right, right. Yeah, and, you know, the, the, the one thing that, you know, obviously my girlfriend is, uh, we have very different political views. She always <laughs> liked you because <laughs> of the things that you would do for the elderly adults, especially sure. in this area. Which like you were cool. standing up, you're like, dude, we need to help these people, and you know, you've been so good at crossing over. You know that there, there's the party line that you know you have. Obviously, both people or both sides will will, will disagree on. But where you found, like, you started crossing in, and you know why I think it's important with hunting is if you go to any of these union meetings, right? Obviously, you know you'll hear hear Democrat, um, pro Democrat things, which you know if that's what you believe. I'm happy that you believe that. But if you go in there as, you know, looking at, you know, you, you take everything out. If you go into these meetings and you look and you say, hey, how many of you people hunt? Mm-hmm. The amount of people that are going to raise their hands 
Mm-hmm. And that's at least one issue that I think we can all agree on. Say, well, the thing that too we is, haven't got too much hate mail. Well, but. we actually have it, and that's surprising. The way we talk yeah. about hunting and some of the stuff I've said on the podcast, some of the stuff that you have said on the podcast, mm-hmm. and especially against people that are like PETA, is very extreme. And some of the stuff that we have said about PETA, we haven't got a whole lot of hate mail. And we actually thought we were going to have so much hate mail we could make a segment out of it. <laughs> yeah, we and did. First we, we did. We planned a segment for it, and it never happened. A PETA is, wor- is a worthless organization. Oh, absolutely. They they actually kill more animals than uh, than hunters do. It's it's all they're they're a shill. They're a shill right. organization, and they are in it for what most organizations are in things for, and that's money. Right, right. And uh, they should be ashamed of themselves. Do you have people from PETA come? to your office or contact you on a frequent basis or is that kind of a few and far between thing yeah no i well not so much anymore right um (laughs) when i first started and and i'm i'm one of the very few legislators that that have an open door policy especially down in springfield um you know if i'm not in a meeting in my office i leave my door open and somebody walks by and they say senator anderson can we talk to you absolutely come on in let's talk right um PETA is one of them that, uh, well, I, I don't even have to tell them to go away anymore. They just don't stop. Uh, right. They're, they're just, uh, they are a kook fringe organization that has no respect for, number one, themselves. But they don't understand um, that hunters, um, especially the American hunter, mm-hmm. are the most conservation-minded people. Right on the planet they don't understand conservation and they don't understand how that's right someone that kills an animal could actually care more for that animal's life and the the it's not the animal as an individual it's the the species is what we care for yeah because you know they look at it as like you killed this deer as an individual well there's a reason why this whatever species you're hunting that you take that deer because you're looking one it, it breaks it down to this if i'm sitting here with someone that's against hunting they they're looking at one single white-tailed deer, and they're like, you killed it. It's gone. Poor deer. And I'm looking at them saying, I care more about white-tailed deer as a whole, even if you want to break it down to an individual animal, more than you ever will or you could ever imagine. Right. And they just can't wrap their head around how can you kill it if you care more for these, it. These are the same people that, that, that they say, why would, you kill a, why would you kill an animal when you can go to the grocery store and get it there? Right. It's really? just they don't well, get it. Well, These on, are the though. same people that uh, when you ask them if there's a dog and a child drowning, who are you going to say first? And they'll say whichever's closer. Really? <laughs> Come on. Right. Well, hold on, because PETA, you know, being PETA's defense, they're the uh, the group that took um, the white-tailed deer that was down to about 500,000 or something in 1919 and grew them to 33 million, right? That's <laughs> No, you're, no, you're, you're mixed wrong. up. That's us, Steve. Oh, oh, the hunters. Yeah, we did oh, that. Well, I shouldn't have sent money to yeah, PETA. Wild turkey. Wild. They, <laughs> hey, my bad. They did save wild turkey. Oh wait, no, that was us too. We saved the wild turkeys. That wasn't yeah. PETA. No, it was us. We did. Why that. do I keep sending my money? Yeah, so yeah. I so I give money. So people who kill. Yeah, all <laughs> okay. right. Okay, I'm these, not. The, I'm confused. And, and this is the same reason. Um, and I know you guys wanted to talk about it. Is that Bobcat Bill? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, we want to get onto that. Is, there we go. This is the same reason why that Bobcat Bill that. Uh, Myself and Senator Sam McCann um, from the Springfield area uh, fought so hard and got this bill passed. Mm-hmm. Um, to talk, get into some detail on this because I, I I don't know a lot about it and I probably should. Um, I didn't apply for a Bobcat tag. I probably won't for a little while. I don't know why. I don't. Re- I'm just. I, 
It sure. doesn't. I feel like it doesn't affect me either way, but it affects the hunting community, right. and I guess I'm part of that, so it does. So I just kind of want you to explain that and just get into the background of it, right? Which was that's where you were going. So I'll just let you take it from here. <laughs> yeah, sure. No. <laughs> so, so what we wanted the the purpose of the bill um, was to number one make sure we can have healthy. Um, a healthy population of bobcats in the state of Illinois. Right. They are a beautiful animal. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that the purpose of the bill is to start a season uh, to control that population so we don't have bobcats running through the streets of Chicago like we have coyotes doing now. Right, right. Um, it is fully regulated by the Illinois DNR. They uh are able to issue the number of tags per county that they see fit. Okay. And so the this is uh this is not uh what I got thousands of emails uh hate emails of why are you co-sponsoring such a bill you're ki- killing these little kitties. Right. It's it's not a bill that says okay you can go out and kill as many bobcats as you can find. That's not how it works. Yeah. This, That's not conservation anyway. Yeah, absolutely. This is a bill that is regulated by scientists through the state that work for IDNR and say, we can take this many bobcats in this county, this many bobcats in this county, none in this county, uh, and we can safely grow a healthy population of bobcat in the state of Illinois. Mm -hmm. Which, a side note, it's really refreshing to know that thousands of people actually watch what a senator will co-sponsor, like a Mm bill-wise. Like, that's actually kind of a refreshing thing. That is, honestly. That really is. You know, uh, maybe people are watching for the wrong reasons, but at least they're watching. You know, that's kind of where I'm at. And, um, you know, I want more hunters to be aware of, of... of the situation, you know, I, I don't want. I'm guilty of not being aware. Yeah, and, I am guilty of that, and I'll be the first to admit it. And I, I don't want to uh, take this because uh, you know, it, uh, I want to take this. I, I want to bring this point up before I forget. But the way that things kind of work, you know, how laws and things get into place. I, I first noticed this when um, something that I want to talk about here in a few minutes, um, where cougars, wolves, and I think the American black bear were now as a protected species and the governor signed that into law and i my first thought was why is the governor signing a law that the DNR should be regulating so you know i kind of want to get into um you know a couple things can with, we finish the bobcat thing first yeah yeah why, why why don't we do that yeah let's let's do that and then come back to that yeah I feel like Neil's got more brain capacity, so he'll remember yeah, to get back to that. <laughs> well, you you started off, Steve, by saying that that uh, you know, co- uh, legislators co-sponsored bills, and, yeah. and refreshing. I want to give the listeners uh, an idea of what's refreshing. This is probably the fourth or fifth podcast I've done. The first one uh, that's focused on hunting, and I appreciate that, and that is refreshing. Uh, so the listeners know I'm in about a 15 by seven foot room with deer heads all around me, <laughs> and, and this is the first podcast where I've been offered a beer, and I'm actually drinking a beer right now doing this podcast, and that that is refreshing. So thank you guys very much for that. <laughs> thank uh, hey, you. Yeah, we only give you watered down beer, so you're refreshed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's it's cool that you. Say that with pride and confidence. I didn't. I was going to leave that up to you to even no, talk absolutely. about work. Absolutely, it's awesome. Well, man. you know where the cool. you know this is the this is the working man. I mean, we want to talk about real issues and and as you know, 
working men that we are, I mean, we love to hunt. And, you know, it's like uh, guys like you that decide, uh, not not guys like you in the bad way, but politicians that really decide sometimes how we can hunt. Well, the thing is, too, Which, is like our listeners are going to hear, hear this, and the ones that live in Illinois, they know, like, we got this guy that can actually put in a, a good word that can really get to where it needs to go mm-hmm. and get stuff to where it needs to be. And like, if we have to have to change something in the hunting community about a, a law that doesn't make sense or yeah. something that should be in place, you know, it's, you can be the guy. It's refreshing. It's like having that, you know, that guy that's friends with that girl, like, Hey, can you tell her I like her, you know? <laughs> and you never know. That could lead to a beautiful thing, but, um, <laughs> So the, let's get, let's get back to the Bobcats really quick. Um, obviously, you guys are trying to do all you can to bring the Bobcat population back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you take science and um, there's something we'll get into later. But, you know, I, I think that what PETA doesn't understand is if you take one life, that ruins a whole population. But it's like, but if you systematically take lives it grows the population so I, I just never understood why PETA doesn't understand that look when we do this we're doing it for the long term mm-hmm. you know what I mean I, I just I I fail to understand why they think that way I mean I guess I could think know why they do it in the they don't understand the, moment, the structure but well, they don't yeah they don't and get the PETA structure. doesn't appreciate the fact that uh, you know when you're driving down the interstate and you don't hit a deer um, that that is hunters that are uh, that are um, responsibly controlling the population right. that you're probably not going to hit a deer. Right. Um, you know, if we stop, uh, if we stop hunting, people are going to be dying. Yep. You know, P- yeah, people and disease die. is going to spread. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's something that they, they refuse to, uh, that they refuse to buy into. And another thing they forget is that I think deer need, what does a deer eat and forage a year? 2,200, like over a ton of forage a year. Yeah. In the in the forest and it's just a lot of deer run out of food real quick. Yep. When you add that's a lot of that's a lot of food and leaves, you know, it's leaves is what they eat. Right. Cor- corn and leaves. Yep. You know, and it's you have an overpopulation of deer, they're gonna run out of food really quick. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to starve to death. That's right. You that's know? right. But I like my deer big. There you go. Right. Well, I mean, you know, if I don't know. We have disease. And, yeah. and humans, and that you know, we there's a natural way of that thins us out. And if if there was no disease, we'd be so overpopulated it'd be sickening. That's right. You know, and it, it sucks. There is disease, but it's a necessary part of life in a weird way. That's kind of maybe a twisted way to look at it. I don't know, but um, so let's talk. I don't know how much there is to say about the bobcat thing. Uh, that's I mean, that's that's really the gist of it. I mean, it's 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 a good bill that is going going to uh, allow more people to enjoy bobcats safely and uh, the population is going to grow the, safely. I don't know if you know this but what are like I don't know I, I know you said it varies by county um Rock Island County Mercer County is right where we're at. I hunt a lot of times in Rock Island County. Mm-hmm. I have never seen a bobcat or had a trocam picture but my buddy that does hunt Mercer County, he sees them every year mm-hmm. all the time. First like first day oh hey I saw a bobcat so it's just crazy. It can be that close. He sees bobcats all the time. I never see them. So I imagine rock. I mean, maybe not. Maybe it's just my property. You know. So one, so one county could give out ten or 
10 to 100 tags. Yep. yep. It's completely up to DNR, and, and the beauty of the uh, of the legislation is is that when you go to buy your deer tag, and if DNR is allowing bobcats to be taken, um, you can pay 5 bucks for a bobcat tag. Okay. If you're out deer hunting and you see one and you have your tag, you can take that bobcat. Um, um, when there's no more tags left, obviously, just like deer, yeah, just you're not going to be able to get one. And that's why the DNR, when you shoot a deer, um, if you guys hunt in Illinois, and I don't know, maybe other states have this, that surveys how many bobcats have you seen in this county during this season. Yep. And they do wild pigs, turkeys. Which is scary. Yeah, wild pig thing is scary. Yeah. Um, Steve, what else did you want to hop on? So, um, oh yeah, the the predators. The yeah, year. this is um, this is something that um, you know I'm not going to blame you for, but you are the government, so you're wrong I'm not <laughs> for this. Boy. You represent all of the government, even though this was passed before you. <laughs> oh boy. Um, you know, when uh, a couple years ago, and we talked about this a couple times, um, Illinois Governor Intro, well, he was the governor at this point. Pat Quinn uh, signed into law, which. I want to get into how these things come to be, but I want to ask you something about this. He passed in a law protecting mountain lions, bears, and wolves. And as rare as these things are, we all know that that mountain lions and things are in this area from time to time. Uh, you know, two, three years ago, um, a mountain lion was shot in someone's corn crib in... Morrison. Uh, I think it was... Was it Morrison or Morrison, Geneseo? Morrison, Illinois. So it's Morrison, Illinois. So, you know, I'm just trying to trying to understand why this law, you know, because you know these, you deal with these people every day that would have voted for it. Maybe not. Again, hey, I'm not trying to blame you, but again, you are the government, so you get the full blame right now. <laughs> I love how I'm being referred to as the government. <laughs> you're, you're the man, you know. Oh, you're Mycroft, all right. Oh. So, um. I don't understand why this law would be in a place when you've got something that's so rare in this area, why they would be protected, why I can't shoot a mountain lion. That really lion. shouldn't be here. It's not native that sh Yeah, that now. shouldn't be here. Yeah, well, and that's uh, that's the thing that absolutely is ridiculous because the, the law says is that, you know, it puts a moratorium on, on these animals. But right. if your life is threatened— you can shoot. You it. can shoot it. If I right. see a mountain of lion, course, my life is in danger. Yeah, you don't you need. Know? It's so infrequent that the only time you're going to see it is if your life is probably in danger, and then right. we're right back to not needing the law. Right. It's just it's kind of bizarre. Yeah. Well, but, and that's and, and that is the problem, um, and, and the fundamental difference between. Uh, Pardon the expression, but liberals and conservatives. Conservatives want smaller government, and things are going to work themselves out on a, on a local level. And uh, when there's a need, and 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 liberals are, you know, the government needs to take care of everything. Everything is a, a one size fits all, and um, that's not the way it works. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, because I will say this though, I see a mountain lion in my woods. You know, especially in daylight. Son, your life is in yards. danger. As far as I'm concerned, that thing's hunting me. Yeah. You know, but the chances of me seeing, I mean, maybe not, but the yeah. chances of me seeing a mountain lion at 10 yards with my bow, I'm going to be like, uh, either I don't, don't shoot at it and it keeps going or it turns on me and I'm dead before I know it. You know, because, <laughs> you, know? you know, how rare. I wonder, nah, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to go into the statistics. Go there. Statistic. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. He pushed fine. him. Okay. He pushed him. Okay. He was on the edge. Fine. He, 
All right, if if we want to if we want to go there, your chances of seeing a mountain lion in the woods while you're deer hunting in Rock Island County, Illinois, versus your chances of being caught by a mass shooter at a Wendy's in the same county. No, no. Oh, he see, went there. He see, I it. went there, but you can understand that if I see a mountain lion, that's a dangerous situation anytime. You know, I, I, guys, I don't care. Our listeners out west that live with mountain lions yeah, are these probably guys are, laughing. Oh, these guys are laughing like, <laughs> dude, we see mountain lions like three times a day. So, yeah, so quick story. Uh, my my parents live in rural Walcott, Iowa, just okay. across the river. <laughs> yeah. so everything in Walcott is rural. <laughs> well, that's true. So this was uh, it's probably six months ago, and my my uh, I was actually in Springfield, and my mom calls me, and she's like, Neil, I don't know what to do. I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, your dad left for work, and I was sitting out on the front porch, and uh, I, w- I was drinking my coffee before I went into work, and Wyatt, their dog, they got an Australian Shepherd, he started growling at the at the trees, <laughs> and she said, "What what's wrong with you?" And she got up and she walked over. They they got like this shelter belt in front of their house. Uh-huh. Um, their their front of their house points north, and she got up and there was a big mountain lion, literally twenty feet from her, laying under one of the pine trees. Whoa! And I'm, and he's I, a senator, so he isn't lying. Yeah, <laughs> big government guy right here, never lying to us. Right, right. <laughs> So, so I mean, I, and I told her, I was like, well, go inside. <laughs> you know? so Wait, was that, she calling you while she was looking at it? No, no. Okay. It, 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 had, it had actually, she when it seen her, it got up and took off and ran across the cornfield. But needless to say, my mother now drinks her coffee with her AR-15 by her side. <laughs> It's a beautiful your, your country. Your mother's a living. patriot. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is. Well, that's like, how you should always drink your coffee you with an AR-15. you got to ask yourself, though, when a mountain lion gets in Iowa, it's, you know, really... I guess you'd call it the migration of that mountain lion from wherever it was from to or, or it was I'm a conspiracy theorist. The government let it go there. To oh, yeah. The population. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. It had the, it had the tracking chip in it. So if you would have shot it, some, it's like the, the movie DNR Funny was... Farm where, where they're showing the house and he says, release the deer and the deer runs out. For oh, the people showing the house. I have not seen that. Oh, I haven't either. You got to see it. But the thing is, it's like that's not that far for an animal like that to travel from. Probably wherever its home natural core area was. Like if it wanted to, just like I'm going to venture off and get somewhere else. It's yeah. not that difficult for a stealthy nocturnal animal to do that over a month. You and, know what I mean? It's you know, not right. that issue. You know, and then he gets further east or further south, wherever it's from, or you know, I don't know wherever it came from. Oh, there's a heavy deer population here. I'm going to keep venturing in. It's easy. Yeah, you, you know? know. But what they, but what they always tell us is that a lot of times when you see these like mountain lions, especially, it's um, the juvenile males. You know, the 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 what they call like right. the teenager males. Yeah, they're looking for a mate. Yeah, and yeah. that's what the government Neil Anderson tells us. Eric, but Eric from the podcast, our host that's not here. I wish he was here because he could put input. His buddy sent him a video in um, just outside of Clinton. I think it was Clinton. A black bear. His yeah. buddy filmed a black bear running through a cornfield. Yeah, that was uh, that was another thing that they like. They saw one and they decided to protect it in Illinois. See, when they tell you it's a it's a juvenile, <laughs> right? The the government. You you're the government. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, it, I'm happy the, we got this figured out. So now, when you say the government, I just I'll know just you're blame you. Yeah, well, no, you can't throw him under that bus because when I say the government, I'm like all getting all conspiracy <laughs> theory, all weird. Yeah, right. You know what happens about UFOs, but in uh, in 2013, a female a female gray wolf 
was hit and killed by a car in LaSalle County. So if it's a female, right, that throws the whole... And this is a wolf, right? So a female wolf, what would she be doing here? And they never said if she was a juvenile, but, you know, understand that, that the wolf population... <clears throat> It's not that far for a wolf you know, though, to get it, here. It's or even really not that bear. far. So, you know, that's just kind of one of the things that for us, you know, in Iowa, they're like, yeah, if you see one, shoot one. Right. You know, it's kind of goofy. And um, okay, let me get back to him here, though. Like, how hard would that be for us to change? Well, I mean, you got to look at the makeup of, of the legislature right now. And unfortunately, uh, the opposite party has you know, super majorities in both chambers. And unfortunately, um, the, the downstate Democrats who are great people for the most part, they have to answer to the Chicago Democrats who are beholden to PETA, to, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all the environmental groups. And so it's very hard to get certain things done. Um, a perfect example, this last session I had, uh, I think six bills that, um, had something to do with Second Amendment. Right. Um, one was uh, you should be able to carry concealed at public rest areas. Right. One was to carry concealed on public transportation um, and, and and several others. But I couldn't even get those bills to be heard in committee. Which is crazy. Which is absolutely ridiculous. Right. Um, but they know that the general population of the state of Illinois outside of Chicago supports those issues. So they don't want to put their downstate Democrat legislators in that predicament of having to vote for something that Chicago doesn't yeah. want. Yeah, right. Well, Chicago's a different planet as far it as is. I'm concerned. Yeah, it is. And the thing, it's and completely unrelatable to Sherrard, Illinois, where there's <laughs> 600 people, where yeah. almost, I would say, 60% of the people in Sherrard hunt. Yeah. You it, know? You know and, 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 and let me let me just say this really quick. Um, there are a lot of good downstate democrats i'm friends with many of them right and it's it's unfortunate and it is sickening to me because i talk to them down in springfield and they are just as frustrated on a lot of these issues right as we republicans are um right. so i it, it's it's sad it's right. sad yeah so i i wanted to to uh bring up that's why i brought that uh cougar law up you know why something as mundane as one cougar being shot is such a big thing and you know, you you look at the structure, and you know, people can you can give us insight because you are the government. You're everything in the government. Um, there's like committees, and uh, there's one, uh, and I'm, I, I tried to bring the bring the name up, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, it's the Wildlife Conservation Committee. Is that right? Uh, that might be uh, a committee in in the House, in the Senate. Yeah, um, it was it was a House committee for sure. Yeah, in in the Senate, most of the hunting uh, and, and uh, bills uh, as far as conservation go through the Ag Committee, which I am actually the yeah. minority spokesperson for for the Senate okay. Ag Committee. Um, so yeah, that's uh, if they get through the House or um, uh, come over, uh, that's uh, the committee that they've yeah. been going through. The Agriculture and uh, uh, Conservation Committee. Now, when you go and look at this with um, with who who's represent you know uh, some representatives in the house um you know there was a, there was a really interesting dynamic and this is like one of the first things i saw that i knew that you know no matter what you vote politically it still comes back to like hunting there's 
equal number of Republicans and Democrats. And one of the guys that I actually got to meet, and I talked to you about this before, uh, well, I'm not seeing him here, Andy Skoog. Mm-hmm. Skoog? Skoog. Skoog, yeah. I met the guy. Great guy. You know, I'm sitting there talking to him. Uh, uh, my buddy, Tim, or our buddy, mm-hmm. I should say. I'm not Tim Kitts. Tim good, Kitts. Good friend of the podcast. Introduced us. Um, and, you know, we were talking, and the way he was talking to me, and it's just in the back of my head, I was like, oh, this, dude, this dude's a total Republican. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm a Democrat. And I was like, wow, that's kind of nuts. And, you know, he stuck to his issues, but when it came to hunting, everything that this is this is really interesting to me. Take all the other issues out, you know, right to work, any of that stuff. It doesn't matter. When it comes to hunting, he had these same exact ideas as any Republican would of how to make the hunting experience better because he's like, dude, at the end of the day, no matter what you vote for, no matter what you do in your life, when you come to hunt, you know, family, harvesting the animal legally – and keeping it around for your family is the most important thing. It's heritage. That's it's, right. It's heritage. So, you know, when you see one of these committees and, you know, a lot of guys might get nervous when they see, oh, there's Democrats on there, which you got to look at the area. So what I did is I went and looked at where each of these um, representatives were from. Mm-hmm. None of them were from Chicago. So where my big issue is, and, you know, this is me preaching smaller government, even, like, when you get to the state level, I do not think that Chicago representatives and senators really should have a say in what happens to things that they can't control. I mean, that's like— It basically would just be like us here making— Rules for Chicago. Rules for Chicago doesn't make sense. Yeah. He agrees with that. I mean, I'm guaranteeing you do by just what you've said. Yep, for sure. And, you know, because we've got our ideas, but but I think there comes a certain point in time where, you know, you have to look at it as each area is going to function differently. Like Cairo, Illinois, and I can't think of what the most northern city in Illinois are, but they're so, so vastly different. You know, it just, I don't know. It's one of those concerning (laughs) things that you get somebody who's lived in a high-rise apartment their whole life. And they don't understand how hunt, how October 1st is so important to so many people. Like, October 1st, for a lot of people in Sherrard, Illinois, that's... It's like Christmas. It's Christmas. Yeah. And they know they're going to be eating the healthiest meat they've ever eaten in their life. But in Chicago, Octo- all October 1st means is playoff baseball, which... If you're on the north side, it doesn't really matter that much, but no harsh criticism to Cubs fans, but it's so different. There's nothing like I it I don't know. I'm I'll just cut it off there. You guys understand what I'm talking about. How do you feel about that? You know, that Chicago politicians, I don't care what side they're on, get to have a say in what happens in to areas like Well to bring it back to hunters. They to hunters, they have a yeah. say what plays into what our lifestyle is. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, well, and that, that's that is the frustrating part, and um, that's why I'm I'm such a big fan of uh, the bringing independent maps to the state of Illinois, um, rather than the party in control being able to draw where the legislative uh, lines are. It would be uh, an independent group, and also term limits. Um, you know, you got guys like Speaker Mike Madigan. 
who have been there 44 years. Um, he's been Speaker of the House since I've been crapping my, I was crapping my diapers. <laughs> um, and right, how's that work? That's insane. It is insane, and um, it just the uh, he, he just it's it's all about power. Right. That's the only reason anybody stays in government that long is the, power. The thing is, like, you have such a good mindset. I know that from, I mean, we talked a little bit before the podcast, but we're not even 50 minutes in. And it's just like it's refreshing to talk to you because I'm like, there's hope for governmental power and people that are getting into it that have a more of an impact and a push for the hunting community. Because at the end of the day, that's really all I care about is hunters and the family of hunters and it really, I mean, you know, by talking to me, I'm not that deep into politics. Steve is engulfed in pro wrestling and politics. That's the way he does. And <laughs> that's a good life. It's a good, a, li- a good life what, to live. Yeah, I tell you what, that's a good combo. <laughs> and I'm I'm all hunting. I, you know, I yeah. I think you do what you want and just hunt and yeah. have a good time and live your life. And so it's refreshing to talk to you and see that you're for us. Yeah, and and no offense to you, Curtis, but it's important that you pay attention to politics because for um, sure, for sure. Um, because the last thing we want is is bigger government putting more regulations and and silly rules on hunters um, that are simply the vast majority are simply trying to put food on the table for their family. Yeah, right. Um, you know, I, I although I I really am jealous of of some of the deer I see hanging in here. <laughs> when I oh, especially your first couple deer, he's jealous of. Kurt must be a stud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. When I hunt, and I've I've always been this way. I've never been the trophy guy. I've right. never been out there like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass up that big doe or that button buck. Um, if it's a good sized deer and it's early in the season, I'm putting meat in the freezer. Right. If it's the last date, which th- this last season it was actually I, I was hunting CWD season. Oh yeah. And it was literally this is n- no joke. It was ten minutes before shooting hours ended. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And a group of about six of them came out, and I was actually putting stuff in my bag when they walked out in front of my blind. And um, luckily, there was a really, really big doe that put about 60 pounds of hamburger in my freezer. But, um, yeah, at that point, you know, I, I would have taken anything because right. that's why I hunt. I, I want to put good food into my kids. Mm-hmm. Organic and, protein, man. And not that crap that you buy off the shelf. At the For store. sure. Yeah. The thing is, you know, we have a good, the beautiful thing about our listeners and the cool thing about it is we have a good mix of trophy hunters and meat hunters. And the thing I always say, trophy hunting is just fine-tuned conservation. You're taking sure. the elderly out of the herd and you're yeah. being selective yeah. is all you're doing. Yep. And that's another thing PETA doesn't understand. You know, right. You know, Young, immature deer don't typically grow big antlers. And right. they should actually, if, if they're going to do anything for hunting, you should support trophy hunting. Because Absolutely. only mature animals typically are getting mm-hmm. shot. I'd yeah. say 90% of the time, trophy hunting is a, more of a mature animal. But, um, but yeah, like you said it. Your family's going to eat organic burger that yep. they wouldn't have had. And you'd be going to Walmart or wherever and buying beef that you don't know who touched it. Right. To feed your kids or who your wife or you know the people you care about, the which most. is why I'm looking forward to October for my son's uh, youth hunt because I need to put more of it in the freezer because it's gone now. <laughs> well, just yeah, there you go. <laughs> the kids like it and everything like that. Oh, absolutely. Um, there was uh, actually, you know, uh, speaking of youth hunting, um, there was a bill that um, that you did, and uh, well, let me see if I can find it. 
2788. You know what it is. Explain what this is. Yeah. So this is a bill that I introduced uh, last year, and I I actually introduced it because a couple years was my son's first year hunting, and uh, it it bothered me that um, by the current law, I couldn't sit out in the stand with a gun during youth season with my son. Right. Um, I paid for the tag. Mm-hmm. My son's hunting. Now, what this bill does is it is it basically says that um, if I were to shoot the deer, I can tag it with my son's tag. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand that, and I've talked in length with opponents of this bill, and, and I get it. I, I, I get that they're scared of... Uh, People being you know, shady about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. dad's going out there and uh, their kid, number one, not even being there and right. just filling their tag. Right. Or their kid being there and, and it's a big trophy buck or something and dad's like, no, you sit back. I'm going to take this one. Right. I, yeah. I, I, I get the concern. That's but, the one thing I was going to bring up. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And again, I get the concern, but again, it, it goes back to uh, what I said earlier. 99% of American hunters are out there for the right reasons. Yeah. Right. And they do it because of the love of the the hunt and, and putting food in their freezer. Right. Now, if it's a situation where my son is um, at the last day of youth season and we haven't seen anything and there is a deer that he wounds and it's still, you know, it's still going off and right. he's not experienced enough to be able to take a second shot with a deer on the run. Right. And I can be able to take that second shot and put it down. Um, For sure. I, th- I think that should be okay. See, and, yeah, yeah that's kind of how an There's an argument there. Yeah, there, and, there's... A, and I will not deny that there is a, a, right. a actual valid argument to that. But, again, it goes back to... Let me let me throw a stick in the spokes here. And, and I, I completely understand. I get what you're saying completely. And I do agree. That's a good point, you know. Mm. Kids don't always make the best of shots. They get nervous. Maybe their parents put a little pressure on them, make a shot quicker than what they should. Right. You know, deers get wounded. It, that would be a good thing. You'd be able to be like, follow up. Let him have get him let him close up on his deer. Even if he he right. hits that thing in the hind quarter and you right. finish with a perfect heart shot, that's great for that kid. Right. You don't got to tell him any different. Um, I'm I'm primarily a bow hunter, and I do I do see your point for sure, and I'm mm-hmm. not disagreeing with you. Yeah. But and I understand the argument. And that's and I'm glad you brought it up and knew there was an argument and that sure. shows that you know about the the game of hunting. I cringe a little, honestly, and this is just me personally, about the... I, I think Illinois' guns... And I'll bring this up, too. This will be a good topic. I think Illinois' gun seasons need to be uh, rearranged. Um, yeah. I think that... I think Illinois should model their firearm seasons off of Iowa, how they do it. What The only thing I don't like about Illinois' like firearm season is how it's in the middle of the rut, almost, to where... The, it's a, just a slaughterhouse of just people. You just hear story after story of people just blasting deer like crazy. It's in the middle of the rut. Yeah. And uh, to me, the way I understand, Iowa has it before and after the rut. Yeah. And then bow hunters get the full middle rut. Um, which, if it stays the same, Illinois, for how, forever, that's mm-hmm. fine. But I think that the one main issue I have is that being a hardcore bow hunter, I prefer not to gun hunt. Mm-hmm. I will sometimes. Um, but I, I, it bothers me that I can't bow hunt during gun season, even if I wear blaze orange. Yeah. That's one thing I would really love to see, um, see change because 
I'm the guy who's out there that probably knows more than the guy who only hunts two weekends a year. Right. So if I wear a blaze orange and I'm doing the same thing I would do normally, what's it? What's the difference, really? You know what I mean? That's yep. one thing I would really like to see a good word put in is like let guys that bow hunt bow hunt during gun season, but wear blaze orange yeah, while they do. Even it. if you're on your own well, personal property, I threw a lot at you, know? you right there too between no, your yeah, bill and that. And, and I th- I think the biggest uh, the biggest issue. Uh, law and language wise that you're going to see mm-hmm. is you're going to see um, the argument that you're going to have a guy that carries his bow with him yeah. and also has a gun yeah. and is going to go shove that that arrow into the bullet hole. Right. You know, for sure. And um, I understand that, too. That's another argument to my point. Yeah. Just like, yeah. And, and that's why I, I and I, I know this because I've actually had this conversation with DNR because I, right. I, I wanted the same thing. Yeah. And it's 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 harder for DNR officers um, to number one be able to care uh, to be able to cover the amount of territory that they have to to do their job properly. Right. Um, Which, by the way, side note, DNR officers need more money. I think. Yeah, absolutely. The guys that go out there and do that, they and they do a fantastic job. And they've been trimming sure. down. We've got a DNR officer who's a who's a good friend of ours. I won't say his name because he's going to be on the episode here pretty soon, but. They used to have a unit that just got, you know, the funding got kind of cut for it. And it was like, dude, you guys are doing nothing but good. But, again, who cares that this unit that's doing good is saving deer lives because it's not anything that we can make money off of. Yeah, yeah. But, but back to, I back want, to I where want to, you were going. Yeah, so, you know, that's just, you know, we the last thing we want to do, especially in the state of Illinois with uh, the fiscal situation that we're in (laughs) is have to put more of a workload on our dnr officers because we see less and less of them because of budget cuts and we don't want to have to have them make uh, a decision that they're not 100 percent on right Um, so yeah it makes sense i get it i get all the i get there's an argument to everything and yeah and the last thing i want to do is stop hunters from hunting by making little like laws within laws you know what I mean? Kind of like yeah, for so, sure, for sure. You know, I I do I I definitely see the the positive points and the bill that you put in for that. I think that's great because when I was little, I would love for my dad to be sitting there with me with a gun, and and yeah. I want to do the same thing with my kids. Yeah, for and, sure. And, and that's that is one of the very good things about the legislative process, and that is why the bill last year was not called as introduced because there's. To this day, there's negotiation going on with that language. Right. And can we get some language in there or, or some ideas to make it better so we can curtail some of those questions that we, you know, that we just talked about and brought up? So right, right. Um, a, a, a lot of legislation takes, you know, two, three, four, would five it, years. Maybe would it make um, more people be accepting of that bill that you're, you're pushing in if it was like the – you know, it can be at the kick because the kid can shoot a muzzleloader or a shotgun. Is that right? I don't know a whole lot about it. For I about believe so, so. Yeah, it should be. You know, if the adult's going to take a firearm, it's a muzzleloader only or something like yeah. single shot. Like yeah. maybe that make people that are more. Eh, I don't know about this. More like okay, well, it's one shot. The dad can't fire off. They can't be pushing deer and fire off five or three rounds and then reload and shoot three more. Right. You know, it's one and then probably right. one and done. Right. You know, maybe that would be a way to kind of get that in. Um, yeah, to no. go a little further. Yeah, still effective, you know. If you know, hopefully not, but say your your kid shoots one and it hits it in the gut and it yeah. goes out uh, fifty more yards and it's standing there hunched over and you're like, 
well, you know, he's not going to be able to sink another one. If you have to go in and shoot with a muzzleloader to cap off the hunt, mm-hmm. you know, that for the animal's sake is a, is a better thing. Um, yeah. And for the the child's, um, I guess, future and motivation to be a future sportsman, that's going to help more because they close the deal on the hunt. Yep. They learn from yeah. that experience. Yep. And it just makes for a better situation for everyone. Yep. Which, not not to change the subject on you, but you, you jogged something in my memory. And this, I, I wanted to ask you guys about it being, uh, you know, uh, bow hunters. Mm-hmm. So this guy from uh, Whiteside County called my office, and uh, he's a disabled veteran. And he says, can we pass a law uh, during bow season? Because I've always bow hunted, but now I can't because of my disability. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, uh, have you heard anything about these new air bows? Oh no! Ew, I cringe boy. immediately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, boy. Well, this um, is why I bring it up because I want to talk. Yeah, to you. Here's my right. opinion. I feel like if that ever goes into place, we're going down a nasty, nasty negative yeah. spiral. I think. Um, it's a, it's I think better off airbows just need to be a recreational thing only. I don't. I think you know use a crossbow. That's what I think. My my personal feeling here you're a disabled veteran i might get in a lot of hot water for this but it's for the vets like you got disabled in combat or whatever you're going down a deep trail and go ahead and use you could use a shotgun no no, i'm I'm gonna cut i'm gonna cut you off no shut up i'm gonna put my foot down here okay i think you can't do that you just can't do it i don't care what you've done and I all respect our veterans. All respect everything. Yeah. You you just you can't do it, dude. There's you got to cer- keep the law. No, there's certain, certain things okay. I believe in. I am, and I hate to say this, if you're disabled and you need to use a crossbow to hunt, that's the only way I feel like crossbow hunting should be legal during deer season. I kind of get the like, isn't like later season you can use a crossbow after like December fifteenth. Um, I'm cool with that. If you have a disability, you can use a crossbow. I'm 100% okay with that. The airbow thing, I think that needs to stay. Uh, yeah. I think a, that needs to be for coyotes and hogs only. What about uh, what about using an airbow during gun season? I'm against it. I think that it's, um, we don't, they just, I think just came out like last yeah, year. Yeah, it's too yeah. new of a technology that you really want to be. One, it's an inconvenience, man. You have to have like, you have to have that thing charged up with air. And I think oh, you only get so yeah. many shots. They're loud. I, uh, and as new as the technology is, like, how do you know it what's works? What's the difference between an airbow and a crossbow? A crossbow is more effective, probably, yeah. and more convenient. Why a, an airbow is just a thing that someone made up, a crossman or Benjamin or whoever made it, to make money on something different and cool. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. only reason why it's for. It doesn't need to be for hunting. I don't know if it's even ethical. Like, I don't know what kind of power it has. And people are going to think, well, it's a gun. They're going to think they can shoot farther than what they really can. I think you're going to see more wounded animals. How is it going to shoot with a broadhead on it? How long is your arrow? What grain arrow can you shoot at? Like, it, has it been tested through all this stuff that crossbows and compound bows have been through? I think that we're better off leave it crossbows and compound bows when it comes to arrows. And that's my strong opinion. Well, Curtis, I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> well, you know no. what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I no, no, no. I, mean, I was giving you a hard time. I, I, hard you, time. you swayed my opinion. I you didn't know mean what? to get worked up. No, but, no, no, I, no, I know. But you you know what? You kind of swayed my you, opinion. You, you give too much push, and then yeah, the wall can break, I, and then I, it just goes negative. Yeah, I can kind of see where that, that goes. And, you know, to, to bring up the point that, you know, hunters are the most I'm just honest. passionate about yeah, you absolutely. archery, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm like – in. You know, I'm passionate about veterans. Like, you know, for me, that's why I, I 
I, I would have gone out on a limb for guys that have a crossbow, done... man. If you can shoot, a, if you can pull a trigger on an air, you know what? airbow, you can pull a trigger on a crossbow. Yeah, and you know what? It maybe we should if if disabled veterans can use a crossbow absolutely during archery season. I guess I'll go that far. I mean, you know, I you're would passionate say if about you're it. You're disabled, use a crossbow all bow season. Yeah, and... but an airbow is it's a gun with an arrow in the barrel. It's a gun. Yeah, and you know what? It, <laughs> Not it, saying it has the same velocity and power and kinetic energy of a gun. It's just, let's just keep that out of it. I think it's, that's part of the challenge. Bow season is so long because it's a challenging thing. Yeah. And crossbow is probably less challenging than a compound. But if you're disabled, it's just as much of a challenge for you to get out there and do it. Let's keep crossbows and compounds. We'll save gun season for guns. Airbows is a recreational fun let's shoot at a target if you got to shoot varmints with it i'm cool with that hogs i'm cool with that coyotes i'm cool with it let's keep it out of our um like highly respected like white tail um elk i mean you're not gonna so so let me ask you kurt are you passionate about archery then I'm very passionate about archery. All right, that's all we needed to know. I just, that's what I think. It I didn't know until now. <laughs> hey, the, hey uh, the, make sure you get that Maybe guy. Maybe I got the, too worked up. I'm make sure, no, make no, sure no. you get that guy that called in and then play him that clip. I will. So he'll, he'll I will. I'll send the I'll send the link to him. <laughs> with all due respect, it was it on uh, Ricky Bobby. Just because you said with all due respect, you can't say whatever you want to say to me. Sure as hell does. <laughs> But so, I went off the deep end, maybe. But no, no, but that, no, no, no. You're like your 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 passion is one of the reasons why this podcast started. Um, and you know, I, I look up to everything you say. So if you say something, I'll automatically change my opinion, Kurt. <laughs> right. I'm, Kurt, I'm sorry for even bringing that up. It's a man. dictatorship here at the Working Class Boner Kurt's, podcast. Kurt's gonna yell at me after that. He's like, "Why would you even think that? This is archery only." But <laughs> dude, you know what? I, I totally agree with. Um, Let's ask this to our what listeners. you're going now. What What do you guys think about the new airbows? That's a good question because yeah. it's new, man. I'll tell you this: we were at Archery Trade Show last uh, winter in where were we? Uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Was that yeah, Louisville? And I remember getting that picture that you sent me. They had airbows there, and I'll be honest with you: every time somebody shot one, I ground my teeth to dust because not not because of the airbow in general, because of the sound of it is it, it had nothing to do with the airbow at all in general, yeah. but it was like. We'd be over here at this archery booth shooting this new bow, having a conversation with, uh, like, Darren. I was talking to Darren Christianberry at the Elite booth, and Darren's, like, one of the top 3D tournament archers in the world. And we're sitting there talking, and boom, this air bow goes off, and it's just loud as heck in there. And he's like, holy crap. He's like, that scares me. Every time that thing goes off. Yeah. And it was so inconsistent, you just couldn't get used to it shooting. Mm-hmm. And everyone else around, they're like, that thing is ridiculous, man. Yep. So maybe it's my first impression of them where I was at at an all-archery compound bow show. Sure, sure. And they introduced us there, and everyone there was like, what the hell is this thing? Like, get this thing out of here. Yeah. That was my reaction. Maybe I need to play with one and be like, man, these things have more power. They're more respectful than what I think they are. Maybe yeah. I'm completely ignorant to them, but... First opinion, I already gave it to you, you know. Right on. It, it, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, speaking of, of loud things and, and quiet things, um, I'm also the co-sponsor of a bill that I'm hoping we can get past here. Oh, let's soon. hear this. It's, uh, I believe it's Senate Bill 2, it's either 204 or 206. Um, 
it's to uh, legalize silencers in the state Ooh. of Illinois. Oh, all right. That's um, interesting. Yeah, so um, hoping to get that done. Um, I, I love going shooting at the range. And uh, nothing love better. keeping your ears, yeah. N- nothing no, better than, than being able to shoot without uh, having heavy ear protection on. So, so yeah. Um, the, yeah, this has been a, this has been a super cool podcast. Um, where can people find you? Uh, cause you're online. Talk about your website. You got a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram kick. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, my, my website, uh, is, uh, Senator Neil Anderson, um, dot com and Neil is spelled N E I L. And then of course on Facebook, it's, uh, Senator Neil Anderson and, and or my personal one, which uh, I probably use more than anything is just, uh, yeah, Neil. There you go. Um, yeah, it's uh, and you're in the 72nd district here, which um, 36th. Oh, 36. 36th the, Senate district. Yep. What's 72nd? What am I? Thinking 72nd of? is the uh, state state. Rep oh, seat. okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Now I don't think is there your 36th district. Yep. Um. Again, maybe if we had independent districters. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a little bit different. Yeah. Um. You know. Yeah. It's it's been super cool having you here. Um, obviously you hear about hunters, um, you care about the working man, you know, you go look at your voting record, like that stands forever as who you are as a person. And like, you are the type of politician that I think a lot of our listeners would vote for each and every term, assuming that you don't get your way and put term limits, big government, Limiting everything. No, here. I I, I, yeah. ter- I term limited myself. I'll I'll serve I'll serve uh, two terms and I'm done. It's so respectful, so much man. Good. Yeah, it is so respectful. Um, you know, you're looking out for the uh, for the hunter here and everybody else, and you know we appreciate that. Curtis here can't vote for you, but I sure can. <laughs> well, I appreciate every vote. You know, why can't I vote? What? Because uh, we, you literally live two streets away from being able to vote. Oh yeah, yeah I, th- right, I think is right. where it is uh, for from him. But yeah, you know, yeah, you've you're um, right. you're, uh, you're down in Illinois. You know, obviously, um, if we put a bug in your ear, you can take it down to uh, people who can um, who can really change things, and that's super cool. Yeah. So you know, if people want to email you with some some good ideas, they just go to your website or. Yep. Yep. Uh, you can uh, go to my website, and there's a link there. Otherwise. Uh, my my state email is uh, Senator Neil Anderson at Gmail. Um, I, I I try to be very very good at getting every email answered in a timely fashion, um, but uh, we get a lot of them. So so give me uh, give me a few days at the very least. But yeah, you know, I again I've always been about uh, you know it, it's it's not it should not be about politics. It's about representing. Mm-hmm. It's about representing people. It's not about party. Um, just do the right thing and stand by your principle. That's uh, that's so refreshing. Look at that! Hey, that's the way we're going to end the podcast now. Instead of go shoot your bow, we're going to just use that. That was good. We'll just re- <laughs> I'll play that on loop and we'll end it on every episode. Of that <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, I'll put all the all your links and everything that we talked about in the description of the episode. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, um, thank you guys. Definitely awesome. awesome. You are the most I would say the most professional person we've had is that we can say that can't we i would say yeah because so. he's the actual whole government right sitting right <laughs> down there yeah the government yeah. um thank you man um i think we'll have you on again especially. i would love to i'd um, love to this is awesome and we'll get you shooting a bow absolutely i got one i need to du- i need to dust it off i i haven't had any time to scout with my uh with my state job so oh, there oh, yeah. you go, well man. we'll get you going again here Amen. so all right guys hope you enjoyed this uh you know what to do go shoot your bow later <laughs>
You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.